Haley Fantasy Football Podcast on the IBN Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, especially after your picks last week, which carried us, Joe Matz. What's going on, Joe? Uh, just stressing about the Chicago Bulls tonight. Well, <laughs> see if we can, the new management can make a good pick. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan, and I feel like this is a big draft for us because uh, I like a lot of our young pieces, but they, they need, you know, some help, uh, especially with somebody that can uh, help them on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, with Trey Young as your point guard, uh, you need all the defense around them that you can. And if we could get a big man, it would be great. I was really excited when you told me the kid from USC actually could be really good because most have said he will be around in the sixth pick. Uh, and, I mean, that's just what they need. Um, of course, I, I do have other people that think we should run Collins at five and, and just play uh, smaller ball because we have some big wings and like DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, uh, even Herders, I think six seven. Uh, but who knows? But this is not a basketball podcast. Uh, for those <laughs> listening the first time, it is a fantasy football. Uh, each week, for those that are listening for the first time, we go through position by position. We use DraftKings uh, pricing, and we try to give you an expensive tier, a medium uh, price tier, and then a bargain tier. Uh, and we had a person comment this weekend i apologize i've already forgot his name no i haven't it's daniel medeiros <laughs> medeiros i'm probably butchering his last name but i really like what he put on the page uh he said that he's you know listened to daily fantasy or been into it for a while and he thinks it's the most solid podcast he listens to mainly because rather than trying to hedge our picks or going with the crowd uh you know we both put work into it but what i really like was we don't go a contrarian place which I think is true because it, it, you know, it's easy to just kind of take a bunch of guys that, you know, average the most points. Um, but we really try to give you plays that are options for you because obviously I think the best lineups are at least the ones that can be the most successful. You want guys that do well that are not owned by a lot of other people because there's nothing more frustrating <laughs> uh, near the end when you're either in the money or trying to get into it and you're looking at the people, you know, right around you. And it's like, crap, they have, you know, the same guys that I do. Uh, so it, it really is helpful. Real quickly before we get into this week's picks, like seriously, Joe saved us last week. My picks were not great. Uh, the Kyler Murray pick was obviously great at 8,100. It's the third week in a row I've gone with an expensive guy, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams the week before. Or excuse me, uh, Devont, or Dalvin Cook uh Devontae Adams week four and Kyler Murray he came through at 8100 golf had a bad game for me car as well uh Watson you got screwed on the uh you know the weather that was just a, a bad luck deal but man the Tom Brady pick at 6300 was just great uh two at 5300 also ended up being a good pick uh you're uh the wide receivers you know I gave you Keenan Allen unfortunately I mean he scored a touchdown but didn't have his kind of game Cooks also fell to the uh, the weather in that game, Alan Lazard, who was so excited about, it, ended up not playing, which was disappointing. But Joe again coming through. Scary Terry McLaurin at sixty eight hundred had a huge game. Deontay Johnson, who we just talk about week after week, he had another really big game, which was great. Uh, and then uh, at the flex position, uh, my pick at J D McKissick at forty nine hundred. He had another really good game. I think he scored seventeen points at forty nine hundred. Uh, you can't beat that. You had Antonio Gibson, who had a good game, and DJ Moore. Uh, and our defenses, again, came through for us. You know, we both said we love the Saints at three grand. This is like the 
third week out of about five that we both yeah. kind of came to a consensus on a defense. They scored 14 points. I mean, you can't ask for more than that uh, out of a defense, uh, at least in my opinion, in these things. You just want somebody's – if you get double digits, you're going to beat, you know, most teams that you're playing against. Uh, overall, I thought there were some pretty good matchups this week. Did you agree? Yeah, uh, this week's interesting. I mean, wide receiver, I think, is loaded with matchups that mm-hmm. I like this week, which seems like the running theme this season, which I guess makes sense in the, today's NFL, where you can always find receivers you like. Running backs are a little more spotty, but I think there's a decent number of low-tier guys that I think are solid mm-hmm. plays. And then uh, tight ends just become a total crapshoot. Dude, and... it's so dope. <laughs> like, it really is. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know... <laughs> It's just crazy. I mean, it's if you can nail your tight end, that's that's oh, in yeah. my opinion I, right now the biggest separator in lineups. Is if you get a tight end that goes for fifteen points or more, man, you are way ahead of the curve. Because basically, yeah. outside of Kelsey, nobody is really having a great year. Gronk, I guess you could say, has been fairly consistent. Uh, but like even last week, he ended up I think with like thirteen points because he had two catches for fifty yards and a touchdown. But Look at the guys like Mark Andrews, the Philadelphia tight ends, Evan Ingram, like guys that were supposed to be pretty good have kind of disappointed. But Yeah, I, I think I had five lineups last week, and I used a different tight end in each one. I don't think <laughs> one guy scored 10 points. It was it's ridiculous. so tough. We're going to give you some this week, though, again. Uh, we'll go start with quarterback. My top-tier guy is Lamar Jackson uh, versus Tennessee, 7,100. And I know you're already thinking, Keith, you're really – want me to play Jackson in a week that there's Murray and there's Wilson. They're playing each other. Both Seattle and Arizona's defenses are bad. Uh, And that's all fair. But I just think Jackson is significantly cheaper. Uh, You know, he's 7,100. I believe Wilson's like almost eight grand, right? I know uh, Murray's over eight grand. And what's been lost is that Jackson's still averaging 21.7 points per game. He's – I mean, he scored 22.5 points last week in a rainstorm in New England. Um, And then he gets the Titans' pass defense. They're giving up almost 300 yards per game and over two touchdowns. They've been good against the run, but if you look at their schedule, they haven't faced a lot of good running teams. So I also think Jackson has the ability this week to run as well, which he obviously does each week, but it's been Murray this year that has stole all the attention and also the big point performances by running a lot. But I just think if Jackson can throw on this team, and this is about the best chance he's going to have all year, uh, one of them at least, it's obviously going to open up the run as well. That's going to mean more opportunities, you know, if they're dropping back in coverage for him to take off. And again, he's get he's averaging 21.7 points per game, and this is the best matchup he's had all year against a pass defense. So at 7,100, it's a little bit of a gamble, but he's got such a low floor because of the ability to run. I like Lamar Jackson. He's my top-tier quarterback play this week. Yeah, I think if, if he can't put up some decent passing numbers this week against Tennessee, then it is definitely at that point it's – Time to it's start panic reading. button time for yeah, your fans. <laughs> exactly. Because even after that New England game, I, I wouldn't totally panic. But yeah, if, if they can't score on Tennessee, then, then there's real issues. Um, so for my QB this week, my tier one guy. So this will only apply if you're playing the Thursday, if your lineup involves Thursday. But I like Russell Wilson at 7,400 against Arizona. He's coming Can we just off his... say before, I'm sorry for yeah, you, yeah, no, both ahead. quarterbacks are great plays. 
uh, this week. And, I mean, obviously that game has a lot of guys uh, that you can play. But I know, is Wilson the only guy that you picked from Seattle, Arizona, or do you have any other guys? No, that's the only one. Obviously, I think there's plenty of good value, including Edmonds all the way down at 5,100 running back. But he's the only one that I have, though, is Wilson. Yeah, they're just so expensive. And again, we try to go with the contrarian picks. I'll go ahead and tell you, Wilson is somebody that I do have in a lineup this week because it's such a big game for him. He's at home. Uh, but it's just like Hopkins is so expensive, Metcalf oh, yeah. so expensive. And both of those defenses are so bad, it's kind of hard to know probably outside of the quarterbacks, who is actually going to go off uh, on the offensive side because they just they give up so many yardage, like both of them. Yeah, and to that point, even though I'll go into why I'm picking Russell Wilson, here's a DK Metcalf in three games against Arizona. And granted, last year he was a rookie, but he was productive for the most part last year. Mm-hmm. So in three games against Arizona, he has three catches on 10 targets for 29 yards. That's wow. the total. Over three games. And that's the only team I would imagine that there's anything like that because he's been such a force both years. So this week, even though, again, I'm picking Russell Wilson, I expect him to have a big game. And I expect DK Metcalf to probably have more than three receptions for 29 (laughs) yards. I would stay away from him at 7,600. I think there's plenty of other receivers you can get good value at. But back to Russell Wilson. This is the lowest amount he's cost at 7,400 since week three. And it's because he only put up 12 points last week. But, again, that's every other week he scored at least 24.9. <laughs> so last week was the outlier. And, again, this is an Arizona team that even though DK didn't do anything against, Russell put up 36 points fantasy-wise four weeks ago against this exact same team in a game where he threw three interceptions. So he had really an off game where he was turning the ball over, which has been an issue of, for him as of late. And he still put up insane numbers uh this is going to be a shootout i think don't you think some of that's probably the fact that their running backs have been so banged up that he he probably feels like he has to do everything and maybe he's making some throws he normally would not make and this thing i think that the same thing with the how awful the defense is it's clear that does not seem to be turning around and to your point yeah carson's been out uh i'm blanking on their backups name but he's been out so yeah uh, yeah Lack of run game, lack of defense. So he is going to force it sometimes. But Carlos Hyde, the Carlos immortal Hyde. Carlos Hyde. But in this game, they're going to, again, they're going to have to toss it like they do every week because they're going to give up a lot of points. The Cardinals are 30th against QBs on DraftKings. They've given up multiple passing touchdowns in six of their nine games. And they've given up 30 or more, 30 plus rushing yards in three straight games. So this is a team that uh, he ran for 80 against them. Last time he played them. So he should be able to do stuff on the ground. He should be able to do it in the air. And so if you're looking at those really well, that's high by price far guys, his biggest uh, rushing out total, yeah. isn't it? So I think this he's going to go off. I also just think as much as the running backs are still banged up and that defense is still bad, historically Russell Wilson's just not a guy who's throwing multiple interceptions in games. So... I would be surprised if that happens again this week. It's a so huge I, game, I too. Wilson's Oh, yeah, clutch. this is for, for first place. I mean, I guess the Rams are also tied in there, but whoever wins this game is going to be tied or in lone first place. So this you got to remember, game. Arizona won the first game, so it's even more important yeah. for Seattle. Uh, so I, I love him at 
74. Even you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Like, honestly, uh, no, it's just you can never go so wrong expensive. with Kyler. Murray's so expensive. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's too much for me. My medium or middle tier guy, again, another guy people are going to probably go, really, Keith, is Cam Newton at 6,200. He's very quietly put up 20 points per game this season. The Pats seem to have figured out what they're going to do on offense, which is we're going to run it a lot. We're not going to throw it often, but we're going to pick our spots. In the last four games, he has thrown for under 175, or excuse me, in the last three games, he's thrown for under 175 yards in all three of them, or excuse me, three of the last four, but he's still averaging right at 20 points per game for those four games. He's also had five rushing touchdowns in those four games. The Texans have given up over 20 points per game to opposing quarterbacks for a season, and that factors in the five-point outing by Baker Mayfield in a windstorm just a few weeks ago. I think Cam has a very low floor this week and potentially with a good day running, a 25-point or more performance. And again, it's 6,200. It's indoors, you know, on the turf. Um I just I see Cam having a little bit more success throwing. It'll be more towards, I believe it was the Jets game. He threw for like 275 yards. In that game, he had 26 points. Um, and again, if Cam gets two rushing touchdowns and runs for 50 yards, you're guaranteed to get 20 to 30 points. We saw what he did earlier in the season in a couple of games where he scored 30 or more points. And at 6,200, it's got a chance for a big boom play, but the great point is I really think the floor is very minimum against a bad Texans defense. Yeah, Houston's, they haven't come up as often as like the Jaguars or the Panthers and Lions this, for us. Yeah, for the Falcons, obviously. But, I mean, they're right in there with the worst, bottom five, six defenses in the league. Or Deshaun so. Watson. Oh, God. Yeah, a poor one out for him. <laughs> so, yeah, I... That is a good under the radar pick because I, I honestly like forget to even look at Cam Newton some weeks. It's just I was like, shocked oh, he was baby. averaging twenty points per game still this season because you know right? everybody's talking about how bad he is and he has not been great. But if you look, he's only had two bad games. One of them he he didn't finish, and the other right. was just they got blown out. But in the other games, he's had at least eighteen points or more in every game. And I will be talking about one of his receivers later on. So I like that. Um, my tier two guy, Mr. Consistency, Justin Herbert, 6,800 against the New York Jets. Uh, God bless New York Jets fans. So Herbert, like I said, consistent. 19.7 is his lowest score of the year. The only guy who's been consistently hitting that or higher is Kyler Murray. He has multiple passing scores in six straight games, which is why he's so consistent because he's getting in the end zone. Despite he's baffling also, play calling at time. Like last week, yeah. I was so angry at how much they were running the ball when it seemed like they were able to kind of throw it at will. Well, you know, they have to find a way to lose. So. <laughs> he's also averaged six points on the ground over the, his last four games. He's scored two touchdowns. He's getting at least, I think he's scored at least 10 yards. So he's giving you at least one point on the ground in every game except one this year. Now the Jets are ninth against quarterbacks, according to DraftKings. I'm a little confused by that number because ESPN has them as a bottom five defense against quarterbacks. And I'm more inclined to trust that ESPN number considering they're giving up over eight yards in attempt and allowing over 70% completion, which the only other team that's doing that this year is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And actually they have overtaken the Jaguars 
as the worst passing defense, according to DVOA. So the Jets are right there with the Jags. It's just completely awful defense. Herbert's putting up 20 every week. I see no reason to doubt that he'll do it again. So if you're if you don't want to go under that seven thousand mark, you're a little scared of spending that much money on a QB. I think Herbert's the safest play. Obviously, you know you just talked about Cam. We've got a couple other guys that are much cheaper that are coming up, but I think Herbert's just a lock for twenty points. And he looks like a twelve year old now that he got his hair cut. Oh, if you I know. Seen it's that, amazing. Check it out. <laughs> uh, one other thing, just to prove your point. There, there was a three-game stretch where they placed, faced the Niners, the Colts, and the Broncos. If you remember, the Broncos had Thigpen starting. In those three games, the quarterback scored 18, 15, and 15 points. Josh <laughs> Allen had that really bad game uh, in Week 7 against them where he scored 16. In the other games, quarterbacks have scored 31, 28, 22, 47, 23. Uh, you, can, you can get it. Uh, on the Jets. They are not a good pass defense. That's why sometimes I, I always talk about you need to look more than the, just the rankings because there's, you know, contributing factors to that. The, the, the skilled players you're playing against you at that position, uh, weather games that we've seen in recent weeks, their their defense is not good. Uh, and I I mean, Herbert's basically a an automatic play. I know I have him in a league with Joe Burrow and I would have never guessed that it would be him every week I'm starting over Burrow, but he's just that consistent. My low-tier guy, Jameis Winston, and this pains me uh, as a Falcons fan, 5,900, Breeze has been rolled out. The Falcons give up 30 points per game to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy, 30 points per game. It's been an ongoing joke on this podcast how bad they are. And now you got Jameis playing. There's a case you can make that Winston can make the Saints offense more potent because they're going to have an ability to throw the ball down the field. And what's been lost is the Falcons run D is actually really good. Like it, it is. And it's not just, you know, oh, the, the secondary is awful. So teams are throwing on them because they faced, you know, Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott in competitive games. And both of those, they held them under 100 yards. So I don't think it's going to be a case where Kamara and Murray will be able to dominate by running a lot. Now, you could see Kamara have 100 yards receiving for sure, but that's going to benefit you. Uh, And I just think Winston has the ability to throw the ball down the field. Now, full discretion, Winston could turn it over a lot. I actually don't hate the Falcons. It's a gamble play this week on defense because just how turnover you know prone Winston is. I remember last year, the last play of his – Tampa Bay career, which was so fitting, was he threw a pick six to the Falcons in overtime for us to win a meaningless game. Uh, but if he does not turn it over, I could see him having a really big day. And again, for 5,900, the upside is outrageous with the Saints' weapons and a quarterback that can actually kind of unleash them in a way that Breeze has not been able to this season. Yeah, and to your point about that Atlanta defense, I just looked up on uh, Outsiders that 28th against the pass, 7th against the run, according to their DBO rate, A ratings. So there's a very real phenomenon where they are good against the run, which in today's NFL, you'd rather be the reverse. Exactly. You. Especially with a good offense like they have. So my tier three guy, I'm going all the way down to 5,300, which I believe is the lowest mark for starting QB this week. <laughs> and that's Alex Smith against Cincinnati. I understand why he's down there. It's just because Washington obviously has not been a very productive offense. 
Smith's only thrown one touchdown over the last two games. But he's still put up 17 and 19 points on DraftKings because he's gone over 300 yards in both those games. And the first game against the Giants, he didn't come in until the second quarter. Yep. So he's been lighting it up in the air. Obviously, the end of that Giants game went poorly for him with interceptions. But, you know, I think, again, much like Russell Wilson, we've seen Alex Smith play over the years. He's not generally a turnover-prone guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's playing a Cincinnati defense that you can put points up against. 23rd against QBs on DraftKings. 26th in passing yards allowed per game. Only the Falcons have given up more (laughs) passing touchdowns. Falcons have given up six straight... Or not the Falcons, sorry. (laughs) The Bengals have given up six straight games where they've had multiple passing scores. And four of those six... They gave up at least 297 passing yards. That includes games against the Jaguars, which I believe Minshew was still starting at that point. Uh, Baker Mayfield and old man Phillip Rivers. So all those guys have hit at least 297 yards and multiple scores. And so, again, the only thing you're worried about based on the way Alex Smith and that offense has looked the last two weeks is getting in the end zone, and the Bengals have let people get into that end zone. So Alex Smith's going to be in – some of my plays this week for sure, because most of the time when I'm looking at QBs in the 53, 5,500 range, like when I, we were talking about Drew Locke a couple weeks back. Right. That play worked out. I don't think I used him though, because it was a little too risky for me. Right. Right. It was like, I could work, but he could also put up six. I would be really surprised if Alex Smith lays a complete dud in this game. I think he's 50 again, 17 and 19, the last two weeks against better defenses. I think that's probably his floor is around 17. So at 5,300, if that's what I got, I'd be happy. And there's the potential he's scoring mid-high 20s. So he's going to be in at least one or two of my lineups this week. And running backs torch the Bengals, but the Redskins' two running backs are really more effective catching passes than they are in just running the ball. And, And you've seen with the targets these guys are getting since Smith is playing and, you know, they both scored touchdowns. I-, I could see them, you know, having big games and helping Alex Smith out to where, you know, he's having to throw it five yards and, you know, they take it 20-30, uh, get scores. I-, I like that play. I had not considered it, but that makes sense. Um, moving on to running back, my first guy or top-tier play is Mike Davis versus Detroit, 6,800. The Lions run defense, it's awful. We have picked on them on this podcast to a lot of success this entire season. For those who have not been listening, it's for good reason. They've given up 13 touchdowns on the ground. They've given five more coming out of the backfield catching passes. Davis in games he has started has averaged north of 6.5 targets per game out of the backfield. If you look at what Washington's backs did last week against this terrible defense, then you throw in the uncertainty of Teddy Tuglas potentially not playing. Uh, and I think that that's just going to lead to more of a workload for Davis. As I believe McCaffrey has already been ruled out, correct? Um, I'm not 100% on that, but I know everything that I've read is presuming that he is out. So I just think they're going to lean on him heavily. Uh, The Panthers have, you know, that's Davis has had some really good games uh, in McCaffrey's absence and none of his matchups were as good as Detroit at 6,800. I think it's a very safe pick 
And it's not, you know, a price that's going to kill you like a Dalvin Cook or, you know, mm-hmm. one of those top tier running backs. So I'm really confident. I always am against any running back versus Detroit. It's a reason we had both McKissick and Gibson last week. And, <laughs> and they both did well. Yeah, 17 and like 20 points. So Mike Davis, 6,800 is my top tier back. Who's yours? Um, mine is Miles Sanders. And yeah, just to your point, though, real quick on Davis. Yeah. I know if, if people look over his last month, it has not been an overly productive month. But to your point, the matchup is just too good. Like, I, the, the, ignore what you've seen him play. Like his game against Tampa, ignore that stuff. He's a good play this week. Uh, Miles Sanders, again, like you said, I'm avoiding the super expensive guys. You know, I, obviously, if you want to go with Dalvin Cook, no one's going to question that anymore. <laughs> But I again, Sanders at 6,900. Last week he came back from injury. He had 15 carries for 85 yards, so that's almost six yards a carry, and it lowered his yards per carry on the year to exactly six yards per carry. So that's how explosive he's been. Cleveland is middle of the road defense on average against the run, but we've seen Josh Jacobs and James Conner go over 100 yards in the last month. I also and last week Sanders was unlucky not to score a touchdown. He got touchdown vultured by Corey Clement. Boston Scott broke one deep. Oh, I, was, because, I was livid because Boston Scott does that against the Giants, but no one else. I don't know why that is. It's true. If you want to look it up, I don't have the numbers with me, but it's it's a real phenomenon. We know he scored in the last two games. Yes, we do know that. And so I think Sanders is much more likely to get a touchdown this week. Again, guys averaging six yards a carry. We've seen other good running backs go over 100 against the Browns. And, I mean, the thing is, I think there's a tendency right now to overrate that Browns defense because they've looked good twice in (laughs) fucking windstorms. This is not actually a very good defense. They're average at best. And if I'm the Eagles, the way Carson Wentz has been playing – Maybe not the worst idea to lean into the run game a little bit more than they normally do. He's also a good pass catcher. I think they're going to do a lot of short, quick passes that will lead to running backs, tight ends, et cetera. Uh, I didn't really have a a middle tier. I mean, I do, but they're lower priced, both my middle and bargain guy. I love the guy you have as your middle tier play. He's in several of my lineups this week, so why don't you go ahead and give yours because he's a little bit more expensive than the two guys I'm going to get. Sure. So I'm going back to the well. He came through for me last week. 149 yards and a touchdown on 21 touches. As DeAndre what did Swift. I tell you a few weeks ago, Joe? I think when all said and done, he's going to be the best back in this class. Swift's a stud, man. He, he might be because I mean, yeah. You look at a lot of these other guys. Edward Talaire has been stuck in a rut. Taylor is might be the third running back on the Colts now. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Acres is stuck. It's probably the third running back, the Rams. Yeah, like and Swift just every week seems like he's getting more and more of the playing time as he should be. Yep. Because he's clearly the most dynamic back. Five of his last six, he's hit 10 plus, so you're not going to get a dud. And this is just a great matchup. Panthers are 30th against running backs, 4.9 yards per carry to backs, 14 touchdowns allowed on the ground. And they give up 6.6 receptions and 45 yards per game to running backs through the air, where Swift has also been productive. So I, I see no reason to go away from him. There's a reason he jumped all the way. I don't remember what he was last Oh, week. yeah, he went up almost $1,000, yeah. 
Yeah, so there's a reason for that, and that's because he is good, and this is about as good of a matchup as you're going to get. The percentage of, of carries, too, and snaps has, has mm-hmm. swung up, his up, way in the up. last three weeks. We talked about how, you remember, he had got off to such a bad start. He dropped that touchdown pass. Uh, that was brutal. In the first game, it was almost like they then said, okay, we gotta, you know, we don't want to put too much on this guy, but each week he gets more, and he keeps rewarding them. And I just love this matchup. He's in several of my lineups. I love that play. Again, my medium and bottom tier guy are both kind of in that bottom tier, but Kalen Balage versus the Jets at 5,600. He's made the most of his opportunity the last two weeks. He's averaging almost 16 points per game. The Jets are not known as one of the better plays for defenses against running backs, but they should be. They give up 100 yards per game, almost 4.4 yards per carry. They've given up multiple rushing touchdowns in three games, and they average giving up over six receptions for 44 yards to backs catching passes out of the backfield. Balage has been the main back for two weeks. This is going to be your last chance to play him, the last chance to get a Chargers back and a good offense. It's the featured back uh, for this cheap because it looks like Austin Eckler is going to be back next week. Um, and not to mention just the fact they may get up on the Jets, you know, pretty big. And I could see them just pounding it with Blodge because, again, you got Eckler coming back next week. It looks like more than likely he is going to be their featured back the rest of the way, and he should be. He's their most talented back. Uh, so I like Balage 5,600 versus the Jets. I don't see any way this game plan gets away from him getting a, a significant amount of touches and carries because I just don't see the Jets getting up big on the Chargers. Uh, and I think at 5,600, it's another guy that he has a very low floor and a potential for a high ceiling. Uh, yeah. right, I'll go ahead and do my bottom oh, yeah, two. Yeah, just keep it rolling. Sorry. <laughs> Naheem Hines versus Green Bay, 5,200. Hines has become the most consistent running back to play for the Colts in the last three games. He's had 55.5 points over those three games. Until last week, Hines was reliant on his pass-catching ability to be relevant, but he had 12 carries for 70 yards versus the Titans. Now he faces a Packers D that is awful against the run. We remember the game Dalvin Cook had against him where he single-handedly beat them with, I think, like 260 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, They also have allowed six games with five or more receptions by running backs. Remember that the Saints running backs had 14 receptions for 146 yards. The Texans backfield had nine catches for 85 yards. Hines is very similar to some of those backs. He's shifty. He's a great pass catcher. And I just see Indy using him not only to run the ball, but they're going to see how teams have had success throwing the ball to running backs against this defense this is a big game. The Colts and the Packers are both, you know, in the playoffs and the division hunt and the conference hunt, all that stuff. And it's going to be a strength for them. And Heinz has just looked like the best back. Uh, and I know some people worry because there's a three-headed monster. But if you really look at it, he is by far the best pass-catching back. And that is one of the biggest weaknesses of the Packers' defense is they really struggle against teams that have good pass-catching running backs. I'd be shocked if he doesn't have at least five to seven receptions, and I'd be shocked, honestly, if he doesn't have a touchdown. I love him at 5,200 as the bargain play at running back. Yeah, I like that. You know, that Colts backfield is scary, but what's again, what's the safest thing when we're in PPR? It's receptions. Give me those catches. He's guaranteed those, and yeah, last week we saw him actually running the ball really effectively too, and yeah, that Green Bay defense can be carved up by running backs. 
So my lower tier guy, again, you know, the risk of just repeating myself last week. The Washington football team Antonio has all Gibson. of a sudden became so fantasy relevant. Like one of the best receivers, two good running yeah. backs, a tight end that's a decent play week after week. Like it's crazy. I, it makes you wonder. I mean, I have, obviously health has been a thing, but I wonder why they didn't turn to Alex Smith earlier. Exactly. But, and again, this is just a good matchup against Cincinnati. Uh, Gibson, much like Swift, when I picked him last week, came through. Not as big, 65 yards and 17 touches, but two touchdowns. It's the second time in three weeks he's scored 20-plus, so we've seen the explosions. He has eight straight games, so outside of the first game he ever played in the NFL, he scored at least nine and a half. So when you're looking at guys below 6,000 and you're seeing that this guy's giving you at least 10 every week, that's and we huge. all know backs can give you a three, four point performance. Like it's yeah. no joke. We've so seen that's it. big. Yep. Uh, anyone who's played Jonathan Taylor for the last. <laughs> weeks. So, and then so again, Cincinnati 5.2 yards per carry 27th in rushing yards allowed at 133 per game. There's a lot to take advantage of here. It's a weird week to just feel good about the Washington offense in general, but that that's where we're at this week. I love it. Uh, going on to the receivers, let's stick with Washington. I'm going with Scary Terry McLaurin at 6,900 versus Cincinnati. He is averaging 22.5 points per game since Alex Smith has been the starting quarterback for the Washington football team. He's had at least seven targets in each game this season and 10 per game over his last four the Bengals defense is giving up a passing touchdown in nine straight games and eight passing touchdowns over the last four. Do not overthink this. I said it last week, and you, you know, when you're talking about Terrius, one of your plays, Alex Smith is much more accurate. Like, yes, he may not be able to go down the field quite as much, but McLaurin is such a good route runner. He's so freaking like just athletic that he can take any play and turn us a touchdown as we saw in the Giants game two weeks ago an accurate quarterback is going to lead to just a more consistent uh floor for him to where he's going to have at least five six receptions every game for 60 70 yards that's an automatic 12 to 14 points if he has a touchdown now you're talking you know 18 to 20 and if he busts a big play now you're talking 25 to 30 which he's capable and again, he's only 6,900. He's really starting to get into that category that we were talking about Keenan Allen for weeks and weeks and weeks before finally they're starting to inch him up. We're seeing the same thing with McLaurin. I just think, again, he's going to have another big game this week. You're going to see his value jump up considerably. So you need to grab him up this week at 6,900. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that play this week. He's He did not make my list, but that was in part because I – I saw he was on your list, so I was like, I don't need to talk about him. Because, <laughs> yeah, Terry's been awesome. And, again, love ev- everything about matching up with the Bengals this week. Potential uh, my, shootout, too, on both ends, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Washington has some play as a defense because I think they're going to get a number of sacks in this game yep. and probably some turnovers. But why, that's what Washington's been as a defense this year, as a team that gets sacks, does some good stuff, but gives up like 24, 27 mm-hmm. points. Uh, my tier one guy, he did not come through for us last week, but I'm going to keep riding with him. Keenan Allen, 7,400. I mean, last week was a bad week. He still broke 10 points. It's the eighth straight game he's done that. 
it was eight of the nine games he's played this year. He's had at least eight targets. He's third in the league in receptions and targets. The two guys ahead of him, Stephon Diggs and Allen Robinson, are both having their buys this week. So he actually, on a per-game basis, is getting the most targets in the league. He scored five touchdowns. So, I mean, Keenan Allen's just – he's giving you everything. Last what did I week, say a few weeks ago again, Joe? I said it was unlucky that a guy getting that many targets was yeah. not scoring touchdowns three straight weeks since he scored touchdowns. <laughs> I expect him to score again this week. Yeah, again, Jets, 23rd against wide receivers. The worst pass defense in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders. So I see no reason to expect another off week of 10 or 11 points. I think he gets back into the 20 zone. I love Keenan Allen this week and almost every week. He is my top tier flex play as well. Uh, and just to add on to that, and I mean, I'll remind you when we get to the flex plays that he's in, but that way we don't have to go over him again. Again, he had his worst game since week five last week, but he still scored 12.9 points, had seven targets, scored a touchdown his third straight game, and the Jets average two receivers giving up 15 receptions and almost 200 yards per game, just two receivers. Keenan Allen is a must play this week because, again, at 7,400, you have guys like Julio who's going to have a, a tough matchup. Uh Almost every receiver above him, with the exception of Michael Thomas, and there's some danger there uh, because, yeah. you know, who knows what's going to happen with Jameis. I mean, I think it could work out great, but we really don't know. Allen, to me, is him and McLaurin are the two guys that if you're going to spend around seven grand on any player, because there's a lot of good options underneath that, I think those are the two guys you need to really target. I know I am in a bunch of leagues. But there is a bunch of guys lower than that. My middle-tier guy is Justin Jefferson. He's playing Dallas, who is like the Falcons, like the Titans, uh, you know, one of those just terrible secondaries. He's only $6,000. He is the definition of a boomer bus guy. In his four best games, he's averaging 29.25 points per game. In the other five, he's averaging 6.46. So there's some risk. But the good news is three of the four boom games have came against those bottom-tier defenses, the Falcons, the Titans, the Cowboys are right there in that category with them. Uh, I think the safer play is probably Thielen, who I also really like. But for 200 less, and the fact the Cowboys really struggle against receivers in the slot, there's a very good chance Jefferson lines up in the slot way more than Thielen does. They move him around a little bit more. So that's why I prefer him a little bit more this week, but there's also more risk. I, I think with Thielen, you're almost guaranteed the worst he's going to do is 12 to 15 points. Obviously, you've seen there's been games that Jefferson will have like three to six points, but Jefferson has that ability with his explosiveness and stuff, as we've seen many times where he'll go over 30. He's had a 46-point game. And again, for six $6,000 against one of just honestly a dreadful secondary <laughs> Uh, and again, in a dome, I love Jefferson this week. Yeah, and to your point, Adam Thielen is my mid-tier guy this there you week. Go. Um, and, you know, there's a reason that he's dropped down to this level. He hasn't actually broken 50 yards for three straight games, which I can't remember the last time that happened. Matchup, so, like, the Bears, he had a, he had a good Oh, goal. yeah, the Bears are as rough as it gets. And, uh, but... And you got to remember Having Cook had that, like 300 yards in one of those games. They didn't throw it that much. I mean, it, you know, it, to me, he's still 
Right. Right. It, it's not like Thielen and Jefferson just suck now. <laughs> it's, you know, it's been gameplay. The game plan is just kind of tailored away from them sometimes. But the one thing that you got to love about Adam Thielen, even when he's not getting yards, he leads the league in end zone targets this season. And we saw this last week. Again, didn't break 50 yards. Had two touchdowns, got two, right? Got two touchdowns, yeah. so it did not matter. And if that's what you're going to – and obviously I, I think both guys have a good chance to put up decent yardage against this defense that the Cowboys run out there. Cowboys are another team that they're not terrible against the run. I mean, they're not – it's not like the Falcons where they're a top 10, but right. you know, teams have realized it's a lot easier to throw on them to run it. Uh, the one thing that does scare me, and I will say full discretion about both players, is if the Cowboys' offense is as bad as it's been in some matchups – it could be a situation where they're running a lot. Sure. I'm assuming that's why Madison is like six grand. I could not figure that out that's for anything weird. with Cook not <laughs> having a, you know, like any kind of uh, questionable tag or anything. But I still just think those defenses are so bad and both these receivers are yeah. so good and that it's just too and, juicy. Andy Dalton is back. So hopefully for fantasy purposes, that puts some life into that Dallas offense. But even if it doesn't, again, Thielen just had a two-touchdown, 20-point game against the Bears defense, which is one of the best in the NFL. Dallas is 31st against wide receivers. A big reason for that. I, I can't remember who the, who's the other team I said this about already, but only the Atlanta Falcons have given up more than the 21 passing touchdowns that Dallas has. They are tied for 31st. And 16 of those Probably have been, Seattle, right? It's got to be. 16 of those have been to wide receivers. So you're seeing a lot of touchdowns, two wide receivers, about two a game. So there's, again, great chance Jefferson and Thielen could both score a touchdown in this game and give you productive games. And if one of them gets two, now you're really talking for guys who are down there in the low 6,000s. So, yeah, I, I think pick whichever one of those guys you like more to go off this week. If you need to save the 300, go with Jefferson. But I expect at least one of those guys to have a really productive game this week. And it's also, Cousins just doesn't go to the tight ends anymore. I was shocked. You know, the Bears are a terrible defense against tight ends. Uh, Smith was out. They didn't go to Rudolph. I think he got three targets in that game. Maybe it was either two or three. Uh, Smith is potentially going to miss this game as well, which would mean Rudolph would be the only tight end, basically, that they have that is worth anything. And just, you know, to your point, outside of Dalvin Cook, they throw almost all their passes to those two guys. So you got, you know, your top two uh, playmakers um, against a bad defense. So my low-tier guy is on the opposing team, and it's CeeDee Lamb at 5000 I-, I can't believe he's $5,000, like honestly, for the talent you're getting. Now, Lamb was having an amazing rookie campaign, then Dak got hurt uh, against the Giants in Week 5, but he's still averaging eight targets a game since Dak went down and uh, uh, averaging 11 per game when Dalton plays, which is – why I think he should, and excuse me, Dalton is going to start this week, and that's why I love C.D. Lamb. This is a Viking secondary who is giving up, if you take away games versus the Colts and the Bears, over 200 yards uh, receiving per game and 15 touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously the 15 touchdowns includes those two games, but the 200 yards per game, you look at the two games, and that's why they're not on that high list. I think they're like 22nd or 23rd. I think the Bears threw for like 120 yards against them, and the Colts threw for 145. Uh, and and it was not to receivers; it was the tight ends and running backs and stuff. I believe in both of those games, it was under 100 yards to the receivers. 
So, I mean, over 200 yards, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, I actually like both of those guys this week, but Lamb is only five grand. He's been more explosive. He scored more touchdowns. And again, he's had 11 targets in both games that Dalton has started. If he gets 11 targets this week against this defense, you're going to be very excited that you started him for $5,000 because kind of like with Deontay Johnson when he was at that range, I think Lamb is the best wide receiver on the Cowboys uh, offense. They're playing a terrible secondary. Always give me the best player for the cheapest price in this situation. The more I looked at it, I love CeeDee Lamb this week at five grand. Yeah, I'm with you on if if you're playing a Dallas wide receiver this week, I would go with Lamb because, I mean, the uh, the talent's there. We've seen it. He just needs someone who can give him the ball. I think the Vikings are going to score, too, a lot, which means the Cowboys are going to be throwing no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. A lot of opportunity this week, we would assume. Uh, My lower-tier guy is Jacoby Myers at 4,900. He's given some life to that Pats passing game. Ten-plus points in four straight games. He threw a passing touchdown last week, for God's sakes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, this guy can do it all. He even had a 30-point game against the Jets. I'll remind you again that I picked a quarterback and a receiver who are playing the Jets this week, <laughs> so don't run away from that. But he's he's been killing it. He's averaged seven receptions on nine targets over the last month. He's gotten at least 58 yards every single week, and he's facing a Texans defense that has given up multiple passing touchdowns to receivers in four games this year they've only had two games where they shut receivers of the opposing team out of the end zone so a good chance for a touchdown and again i think a minimum you're looking at five six receptions you're going to get 50 60 yards he should get you into double digits and there's the chance for a lot more i think one of the things when you look at the texans defense against wide receivers is they've actually been overachieving because they've been losing in so many games I think they have a good chance to stay in this game. I think their defense will struggle, but I think Deshaun Watson, we didn't even mention him. I think he's a pretty solid play this Oh, week. yeah, no, I, I really like Watson this week. I think that is another game that's potentially going to be a shootout. Yeah. Uh, and, again, there's a reason I like Cam Newton this week. Actually, another guy that we don't have on our list that I like, look at Burkhead. Uh, he yeah, has been lately used a lot since they've gone to a more run base. Obviously, then he becomes more of a receiving option. And then to your point, Myers is the receiving option if they go to a wide receiver. I mean, he's getting like, I think, 80% of the targets to wide receivers since they've gone to more of this run-based play. So I I, I absolutely love that play. Um, moving on to tight end. My, my high-tier guy, and I, I can't believe I'm doing this, is Mark Andrews versus Tennessee, 4,900. And this is a hunch. I'm going to go ahead and tell you because Andrews has not scored a touchdown since week five <laughs> and hasn't scored in w, uh, double figures uh, since then until last week. But the Titans are not good against tight ends. They give up five catches per game, over 50 yards. They've given up, I think, five or six touchdowns on the season. Even more encouraging is every team that has targeted their tight ends at least seven times against the Titans this season has scored double figures. Oh, wow. I think the like it's very likely the Ravens will do that. I mean, they'd like to go to their tight ends in general. Andrews would obviously be the main person to benefit from this plan. He's been a touchdown machine over the last 21 games before this dry spell. 
Uh, he scored 15 touchdowns in those 21 games before he's gone through this stretch since week five where he's not scored a touchdown. I think he is well overdue to score a touchdown. He's playing a team that is not good against tight ends, and it needs to be reminded he is somebody who scores multiple times when he scores quite frequently. He scored 11 times in the last two seasons. Four of those games that he scored a touchdown, he scored at least two. So for 4,900, and I know it's a gamble, but we've been talking about tight ends are so difficult anyway. I think Andrews has more boom potential this week than any player on the board, and it's not going to cost you like it normally does at tight end because he's played so bad the last few weeks. He's all the way down to 4,900. I actually going to have Andrews in a few lineups this week. Again, it's a gamble. I'm, I'm totally willing to admit that. Lamar hasn't looked great, but you got to remember – there was a rainstorm. They've had some tough matchups against like the Steelers in that time. This is not one of those teams. The Titans are terrible against the pass. And Andrews, in most games that they were throwing the ball decently early in the season, he was scoring a touchdown in all those games. He was having you know these big games. I was like, oh, Mark Andrews is in the man. And then he's had this bad stretch. So I really do like Mark Andrews at 4,900. I mean, Every tight end that is not Travis Kelsey is a gamble. That's just right. the wor- world we're living in. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe not Waller. He's borderline, but we've we've picked him a couple weeks and he's come up blank. Right. But it, Mark Andrews is also my top tight end. The only thing I will add is they like to use tight ends a lot. And Nick Boyle, who is the number two tight end, he is out. Oh so wow! I, I didn't expect, know that. That's even better. I expect them to lean on Mark Andrews even more than they normally do. And uh, yeah, to your point, I think this is the game where he can go off. And, you know, if you want to take a, I think he's too, too high priced to take a flyer here. But if you're playing season long, this might be the week you take a chance again on Marquise Brown, too. They, now, the I think on here, he's like 5,900, and there's better guys to choose right. at that amount. But if you're in season long, and like me in one of my leagues, you have Marquise Brown. I wouldn't rule it out this week. It might be the week to take he's that shot. He's actually available in one of my leagues. That's how yeah, disappointing he's that, been this year. That's the point we're at. So, so I think uh, he's going to pick up too. I like Lamar Jackson this week. I expect them to absolutely roll the Titans. And I know that's probably going to surprise a lot of people. But they're – I mean, people forget Harbaugh is a great coach. They are right. struggling. I just – I expect them to win. I know Vrabel's a great coach too, but I, I, I love – the Ravens this week. I'm all over them. Uh, it's funny that I believe it's your bottom tier, my middle tier. We're, we're going in the same direction here. Now, this is only if he is officially cleared, but it looks like Zach Ertz is going to come off the IR. He is 3,700. Um, this is a talent and matchup deal where you're getting, obviously, a very talented tight end for a very cheap price at 3,700, and it's just a great matchup. The Browns give up an average of five catches, uh, for 50 yards in the last three games, tight ends have 16 passes or 16 receptions for 152 yards and a touchdown. It also needs to be reminded Cleveland has a good pass rush. The Eagles have a bad O line. What does that normally lead to? More <laughs> short passes. That's why I like your Sanders play. I could see a lot of passes to the running backs and tight ends in this game. And Ertz averaged eight targets a game in the games he's played this year. Um, if he plays, and you need to make sure that is confirmed, but it's it's right. trending in that direction. 3,700, I think it's a bargain, and he's kind of in that me, you know medium-tier players. You just, you're not going to get this talent for it. I can promise you if Ertz plays this week, has a decent to good game, he will be at least probably $1,000 more next week. I'm going to take a gamble on him probably in a few sheets this week. He's my middle-tier guy. 
Yeah, so I'll I'll bounce around a little bit here just to stay in yeah, there with yeah. my with my lower tier guy, which is Dallas Goddard at thirty eight hundred. I mean, you, you went more in detail with it, but yeah, Cleveland twenty seventh covering tight ends. Um, obviously, I think he's a better play if Ertz is not out there. Oh, but yeah. even even if Ertz, I think they're is, both. I yep. I don't think it's a bad play because again, we've we've seen. Yeah, they, they struggle. If Ertz is out. I think Rodgers is not a bad play either. I that, mean, that, that's, that's how bad that's the Browns true, are. And I think they're going to attack tight ends. And so, yeah, I mean, we've also seen that sometimes when a guy come, right when he comes off IR, teams can be cautious. Sometimes I know that murdered me with Jordan Reed a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then the next week he had like five catches for sixty yards. <laughs> so you know, obviously tight ends. Yeah, monitor Ertz. If they're like he's a full go, hundred percent, then I would probably take Ertz over Goddard at that point, just because you saved a hundred bucks and what's the difference? But you know, if you Dallas any... now has what two games? I think two games under his belt. They both had ankle injuries. Yeah, and so, but it, you know, if if you have any worries about Ertz, or again, especially if he's out, I like Goddard at that play. My mid-tier guy, I'll go bounce back up to him, which is TJ Hawkinson, who another guy who let us down last week, like Keenan Allen. He has scored 3.3 points last week, Hawkinson. But here's the key thing. Again, we're talking about tight ends, where it's just been awful this year. The first few weeks, it was like, oh, John, who's good, and right. Andrews is firing yep. away. Oh, it's yeah. all gone downhill. Outside of last week, Hawkinson has scored at least 9.3 in every single game. He's arguably right the third or fourth best tight end in football this year. That's he how inconsistent be. You could say like Gronk, Kelsey, and Waller, and that's it right above him probably in points. I mean, he's seeing at least four targets every week, which isn't a ton, but again, we're talking about tight ends. And the key for Hawkinson, though, is they're high-value targets. Uh, I don't – the article from PFF that usually tells me the exact number of end zone targets guys have had on the year did not give that this week, but I know but he was pay for it. The, they had the article. It just didn't give the exact same information. It normally did, but I know he was top five in the entire league in end zone targets. He's had five or rece- five touchdown receptions this year. And again, Carolina, I expect that to be a fairly high scoring game. Probably they're 22nd against tight ends. And again, he's been the most, Probably the third most consistent guy in the league at tight end. And he's 4,200 this week. So he's definitely going to be in some of my lineups. He dropped $900 in one week with a favorable matchup. Yeah. And then in the lineups that he's not in, and I don't spring up for Andrew, the guy you're about to talk about is definitely going to be in some of my leagues, especially the ones where I take Alex Smith. You're talking about, yeah, Logan Thomas. He's been one of our favorite plays this year, especially because he's always the bargain one. Yeah. He's playing Cincinnati. He's 3,100. He consistently gets six targets per game. He's facing the 31st defense versus tight ends. The Bengals average giving up five catches for 60 yards and six touchdowns on the season. Uh, that's basically uh, Thomas's stat line most week is usually five catches for anywhere from 30 to 60 yards. We've said it. Every time we play him, if he gets a touchdown, you're looking at, you know, 12 to 18 points. But the great thing is his floor is so low because I think it's one game he had like 1.9 points. And other than that, I think he's had like seven or more 
and every other game he's got a lot in that kind of like seven to ten point range he's just very consistent and again for 3100 you're getting a guy against a very bad defense against tight ends and we, we've talked about it. it's a crapshoot with tight ends and this guy's been as consistent as anybody in the sense that he's not had any other than one game he's had no games where he has like two three points tj hawkinson who has been one of the best tight ends in football you just said had three points last week in a great matchup. So I like Logan Thomas. The one other guy I want to ask you about, it's the Mm. second week of Austin Hooper being back. We talked about all the targets and stuff he's been getting. The Eagles are dead last in the NFL versus tight ends. Do you like Austin Hooper? I think he's like four grand this week. Yeah, I do. He was right there with a Goddard for me, for my my lower tier guy. Um, He... He's gonna. He's in one of my season longs where I had a Kittle and I needed a replacement. And I keep so forgetting that, they the played in a, right a friggin' windstorm last right. week. Right. So that so played last a big week was not representative. Not, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. So actually, so that is somebody I, I like you should well. look at. Uh, moving on to flex, I said earlier, Allen is my expensive play. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go into my medium tier. Then you can give both your uh, top tier and medium tier. I have the guy that we use over and over again. I think oh you may even have him. This is Deontay Johnson, 5,900, Jacksonville. My man, Joe, has been saying for months that this guy is the best receiver Pittsburgh has uh, when he's healthy, and he continues to prove that. Last week, six catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. In the last three weeks, the Jags secondary has given up 36 catches for 632 yards and five touchdowns to wide receivers. The Pittsburgh Steelers receivers are going to feast. I almost included Big Ben on the uh, you know my quarterback list. If you want to take a look at them, I yeah. don't hate it. They're bad against the run. That's what always scares me about the you know the Jaguars. Is it's like, is it the running back that's gonna have like the huge game? Is it the quarterback? Green like Bay the, last week, sadly for for us, or definitely me, is it was the passing game that yep. got torched, and, and Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones had an exactly, off game. Exactly ruined my lineups, but so I think the passing game is generally the bigger weakness. But yeah, it, it's all a weakness. And to your, what what you say all the time, this is the best receiver on a you know a good passing team just in general. He's had I think now like four or five games of 16 points or more. And the Jaguars, again, they've given up in the last three weeks an average of 12 catches to receivers for over 200 yards. I mean, Johnson should be licking his chops. I don't hate Schuster this week. Uh, You know, Claypool is the one that he's just so boomer bust to where Schuster and Johnson have a lot more of a, you know, a higher floor uh, to where Claypool will have games where he has like four points and have games where he has like 30 points. Uh, I just, again, I love Deontay Johnson. We've been on him, and I got to give Joe Matt's credit. He was the one that first brought this up. I actually was able to pick him up as a free agent in a league, I think like week two or three when you talked about that. And he's only 5,900 with this matchup. We continue to put him in our lineups. He will be in most of my lineups again this week. I love Deontay Johnson. He's my middle tier. You can go ahead and give both your, your high and medium tier here, buddy. So, yeah, my high tier guy – is Michael Thomas not really based on anything we've seen from him this year well, so far? Falcons. Obviously, <laughs> it's based yeah, on the exactly. <laughs> I mean, we know how good Michael Thomas is capable of being. He's 
This is his third week back, so I assume he's fully healthy now. And yeah, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Second most yards allowed per game passing overall to the Seattle Seahawks. 215 yards per game just to wide receivers. So, I mean, they give up more to wide receivers than some teams give up total. And they're dead last in passing touchdowns allowed. As I've mentioned throughout this podcast, they've given up 22 passing touchdowns. You know, like you said, the Falcons are going to score. So I think the Saints are going to have to like they're going to have to score in this game. It's not going mean, to be like some games James where they will control. probably spot you guys a touchdown. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. So I mean, and that's the thing. You know, obviously, you know, you mentioned Jameis. There's some risk with the turnovers, but I mean, we saw how productive those Bucks guys were at wide mm-hmm. receiver last year. That wasn't an issue. So I think Michael Thomas is a good play at 7,300. And then initially I had Deontay as well. Obviously, I always co-sign any Deontay Johnson love. <laughs> but I'll I'll throw out another guy at 5,700 who I like this week, and that's Damian Harris against the Houston Texans. You know, God, Patriots God, have a featured back. What the hell is going right? on? God forbid we ever trust a running back for the Patriots, but four straight games with at least 10 carries and Last week, it was 22 carries for 121 yards. He's broken 100 yards two of the last three weeks. And is the sort of defense that you can take advantage of in the run He's game. He's category two, oh, yeah. like I said about Keenan Allen and uh, Terry McLaurin, who I, I still think is going to start catching. To, he gets He's getting so many carries and rushing for so many yards, and the offense is starting to look better. It's bad luck that he doesn't have more touchdowns. And I honestly think – that there's going to be a game in the next few weeks where you're going to see him have a hundred yards and like two, three touchdowns. It's just going to happen. Uh, now will it be this week? I don't know for sure, but it's a pretty good matchup for it. Yeah. If it's going to happen this week is definitely one of the best chances. Uh, the Texans give up 155 rushing yards a game just to running backs. So that's not counting the quarterbacks being involved. 31st again against running backs overall. Makes me love the cam pick even more, though. I, for, I didn't realize they were that bad against the run. Yeah, they are horrific. Let me find real quick their yards per carry to running backs. That's right, five and a half yards per carry. <laughs> That's not good, backs. right? That yeah. is, yes, that is dead last in the NFL. The Bengals, who we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Washington running backs, are 31st at 5.2. So those are the two teams giving up over five yards a carry to running backs. So feel you know if you like Harris more than Gibson, I won't hold it against you. He's a hundred dollars cheaper, and just as good of a matchup. So I really like Harris this week. I love that. Uh, my bottom tier or bargain tier is J.D. McKissick, uh, the other Washington running back versus Cincinnati. He's fifty two hundred, so he went up slightly. I think he went up three four hundred bucks. But this needs to be said: since Alex Smith has been the quarterback, he has twenty nine targets in two games. 29. This is a running back. That's how much Alex Smith, we know he likes to dink and dunk. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. In those two games, he scored 35.1 points. Uh, He loves to check down. We talked about how bad Cincinnati is against running backs. Now, granted, again, this is, you know, traditionally they haven't been torched really uh, to running backs catching passes. But I think most of the teams that have really run on them, their running back skill set is more running the ball. The, it really is. It's 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 fascinating that the Redskins, both of their running backs, I think are more dangerous when they're catching passes out no, of I the backfield. Right. Uh, and again, 
for 5,200, he has such a low floor because he's mm. going to get those five, six catches. Like you can guarantee that. I don't know if he's going to continue to get 14 and 15 <laughs> targets, but I mean, if he gets 10 and scores a touchdown, you're again going to have a guy scoring 15 to 20 points that costs you basically nothing. Uh, I really like McKissick this week as one of my running backs because he's so cheap. Throw him in with like a Swift or a Sanders or even a, a James Conner who we didn't, you know, we didn't play. Who I think could potentially have a big game, and then that way you can spend more on the receivers, which I think we both agree is where there's just a lot of options this week. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Where I think you know the I really like the running back lower tier plays this week, and then maybe going higher on some of these wide receivers. To, to that end, my lower-tier guy, and this was the, the guy who killed me last week. Uh, I, we, we didn't mention it this week, but yeah, he was my tinker stinker where I was like... <laughs> oh, we're oh, going to do that at the end. I meant to tell Okay. You. Well, spoiler alert, this guy was my tinker stinker. Yeah, we'll I do was, it now. So just if nobody's listening, yeah. the tinker stinker is when you... And if you do daily fantasy or just fantasy football leagues in general, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. We're about an hour before kickoff. You look at your lineup. It's been set all week. And then you make a freaking change. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, mine this week was just in general not sticking with our plays because I had McLaurin in basically every lineup last week and took him out of two of them because I was like, well, I don't know if I want to go with Terry, you know, in every lineup with Alex Smith. And I would have given anything because in all three of the lineups I took him out in, I put in a receiver that didn't do nearly as well. McLaurin scored 20 points. I regret it. Who was your tinker stinker this week? So it was Duke Johnson. I kind oh. of forgot that he was starting. And then I was like, oh, they're in a windstorm. They'll run yep. the ball. Oh, I, I, I was looking my chops. I had him in a bunch of lineups. Oh, I, I had him and Giovanni Bernard, who's another guy who's a good play this week yep. if Mixon is out again. And they both, like he will be. they both murdered me. Meanwhile, I, I put them in in a number of leagues over my own picks of Gibson and Swift, <laughs> who both went off. Oh. So that, that was a good example of stick to the picks. Don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it wasn't a productive week for him, really. You know, he had 54 yards. It was the weird week where he did not have a reception. Yep. But again, he get, the two weeks that he's been the main guy, he's had 16 and 14 carries. So they, he is the clear lead back for as long as David Johnson is out. And I think the Patriots are a pretty solid matchup. They give up a healthy 4.6 yards per carry to running backs. You know, obviously, we just mentioned some teams that are much worse, but that's still pretty bad. They've given up at least four receptions to running backs in six of their nine games. So I expect him to once again be involved in the passing game. And again, we I think this is a, the we saw the Jets have a shootout with the Patriots two weeks ago. So I think Houston can manage it. So I think Duke Johnson's going to get back to catching receptions. Good chance to get in the end zone. And based on the last two weeks, we can expect him to get 15 carries. So that's a lot. That's a lot of involvement in the offense for a guy who's only going to cost you $5,400. So to just further your point, looking it up, in the last two weeks, they've given up 10 receptions to running backs out of the backfield for 93 yards. On the season, they're giving up seven yards per reception to running backs out of the backfield. And to be honest, maybe with the exception of Hilaire, they really haven't faced a running back that is probably this good of a pass catcher. So I, I root, because I mean, people forget Duke Johnson is a great 
pass catching running back. And that's basically the reason he's, you know, been able to stay in the league, been with the Texans since he's been drafted. Uh, I do like that play. I just don't see him having back to back games like this, especially with it being mm-hmm. indoor, probably more of a shootout. Brandon Cook's another guy that neither one of us went with. I like Brandon Cooks again this yeah. week. He still got eight targets last year. I mean, last week in a windstorm. Again, you're not going to get a guy at that price that's been getting that target share. That's something we've been highlighting uh, for quite some time and probably a little bit of, you know, revenge against his former team, the Pats. So that's another guy uh, I like. So the defenses, which we finish up each week, the defense is even more so than the tight end. We'll give you a, a you know, a high tier, middle tier, lower tier. But in all honesty, unless we just feel really strongly about one, we're just going to kind of tell you our teams uh, because – it's a crapshoot, man. You have like, you know, a defensive, you know, touchdown or like last week again with those damn dolphins with a punt return. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, those yeah. kind of things uh, are really what end up being it. But my, my high tier is the Steelers versus the Jaguars at 4,600. The Steelers defense is still pretty good. They're most successful to the pass. They're facing a rookie quarterback. Uh, that's the potential for it to get ugly, which I'm not saying it will because the Jaguars have a de- decent offense. I've also noticed Robinson is questionable. So, but at 4600, I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk. So I probably wouldn't use them in too many lineups. My favorite play this week is the Dolphins at Denver for 3400. I mean, the Dolphins' defense just might be one of the best defenses in the league because they consistently keep putting up points week after week after week. Uh, Denver is very hit or miss. Uh, you know, Drew Locke last week looked more like the Drew Locke before the two-week stretch. Yeah. One of those games was against the Falcons. The other was against the Chargers, which is another defense that has, you know, really struggled in Bosa's absence. And then I mentioned it earlier, the Falcons are my, my cheap play at 2,300. Jameis Winston is a turnover machine for his career. Again, he throws a pick six. Even if the Falcons end up giving up 25 points, they're going to get as many points as, you know, most of the teams in the league, if not more. Uh, If you're, you know, trying to, you know, make a bargain or you just get down to it and it's like, crap, I don't have that much money left. I don't hate the Falcons against Jameis Winston. Uh, That's my bottom tier. Who are your three defenses, Joe? Um, My top tier is the Chargers at 4,000 and – the reason I'm picking them can be summed up as they're playing the Jets. Yep. Is it so, Darnold or is it uh, Flacco again? You know, oof, I, I'm not sure. That is a good question. I, not that either is a bad option. Yeah, it do- doesn't really matter that much. I guess I prefer. I probably prefer Flacco, but maybe Darnold's more likely to throw a pick six. I was just going to say um, I'd like Crowder a lot more if I knew Darnold was coming back because Crowder had some great games earlier not, this year. No, it, Santa Darnold. Is still expected to be out this week, but Gase says he expects him back this season. So that's good news. He's oh, not yeah. out Joe Flacco, year. give me that. Um, my mid-tier, I'm with you on the Dolphins. Uh, actually, according to DraftKings, Denver has been even more giving to opposing defenses than the Jets this year. That says something. So, I mean, and we've, again, we talked about this before when we've picked the Dolphins, and this was before they were just consistently good, they've torched bad offenses. They've got double digits against Jacksonville, against whichever backup San Francisco guy. That, oh, no, actually, they played Jimmy G yeah, for they a did. half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played the Jets, double digits. They smoked the Rams, who are a good offense. They've put up decent numbers the last two weeks. 
six. I and mean, eight. they slowed down Herbert as much as anybody. Yeah. Had. Now, again, some of it was bad coaching. Having watched that game, I, I don't know what they were doing with their play calling, but uh, and their special teams is really good, which is something that yeah. you know cannot be again forgotten when it's defenses because a punt return for a touchdown, a punt block, all that stuff equates to points for the defense. So they're probably my favorite play on defense this week, but my lower tier is uh, Washington at 2,900 against Cincinnati. And that, that boils down to, I just think they're going to get quite a few sacks in this game. Uh, Cincinnati has given up 32 sacks on the season, which I believe only Philadelphia has given up more. And that Washington defensive line, they have 28 sacks. Um, That's top five or six. When you do adjusted sack rate, which Football Outsiders does, which kind of takes into account like the situations you're in, they're Mm -hmm. the second highest adjusted sack rate to Pittsburgh. And we just saw Pittsburgh ravage the Cincinnati (laughs) team last week. So, you know, I think Cincinnati will probably put up some points this week. But they're going to give up at least three or four sacks, probably one or two turnovers. So if you want to save some money, obviously I didn't even think about your Atlanta one. Until you I got another it. one I wanted to talk to you about. Because yeah. they're cheap. The Rams at 2,600. They've had I don't hate it. I don't hate four it. sacks or more in one, two, three, four, five games. We know Brady struggles when you get pressure on him, when he can't you know, stand the in the pocket. Donald is going to yep. get pressure up the middle – it's a prime time game. The Bucks will be there. I mean, the Rams, I know they got to go cross country, but you know they'll probably be there Saturday. They'll probably spend all day Sunday there. Yeah. At 2,600, the more I'm thinking about it, this is a team with eight interceptions, 31 sacks, and five fumble, fumble recoveries. They just held Seattle to 16 points, a very good Miami po- uh, uh, you know, offense in recent weeks to 22 uh, and if you think about it, I think they had two defensive touchdowns that week. Miami did. Uh, outside of Buffalo, who scored 35 points again, no other offense has scored more than 24 points. And, you know, this is a team that held Dallas to 17 points when they had Dak, and they were scoring a gazillion yeah. points against everybody. That actually is probably the bargain play over the Falcons. And, again, I know it's, you know, technically risky because Tampa Bay's got all those weapons, but – I just know Brady historically really struggles when you get pressure, particularly as you said, up the middle. I, I really like that. Again, this is a team that has had in their last uh, four games, was that, 7, 11, 19 sacks in their last four yeah. games. I mean, yeah, they're averaging 7.9 on DraftKings. They've scored at least four in all but one game because, again, they're just giving you those sack points every week. So that's a good call for that mid-tier. I could definitely say we, we've seen Tampa Bay struggle. They struggled against the Bears, which are a yep. similar caliber defense. And, well, we've, and we've seen Saints. them struggle we against the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we've seen them have problems against what, better defenses, and the Rams are clearly in that category this season. So, so I like not that. a fantasy question, but just kind of finishing yeah. up the pocket. Do you think the Rams might be the best team in the NFC? Like top Ooh. to bottom? Ah. Uh, I know golf is obviously their their weakness, but right. mean, they got That's good. Probably they the got... reason I'd be skeptical, but I mean, yeah, I guess overall talent wise, I think top to bottom, I would probably say them and the Saints feel like the most. And it's funny; it's the same thing with the Saints, right? The biggest question for the Saints is their quarterback too. Yeah. 
I, I would probably I would lean the Saints as my number one team in the NFC right now. But again, we've talked about this before. I mean, you could just be like, I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I believe in Russell Wilson. You pick like five teams in the NFC, six teams even. And you know, it's not like the AFC where it's Chiefs and who's the main challenger. So before we get out of here, because we finished this podcast, uh, obviously whatever you want to plug in, tell me who who you have your Bulls picking tonight uh, with the third pick. Fourth pick. But, or fourth uh, pick, sorry. Uh, if he falls to them, I do think they'll take a LaMelo ball. I don't think he will, though. I'm well, hoping. Could we... you imagine LaMelo and uh, – God, why am I blanking now on y'all's uh, guard that has actually gotten to be really good. Well, we got Levine and then Kobe Levine. White. Kobe White was going off at the end of last well, year. Well, White too. doesn't surprise me. Levine's the one, though, that I'm shocked how – because, you know, he was a dunker and, like, he's although, a legit scorer. Now. He is. He scores, like, 25 a game now. Although I think if, if we drafted ball, I think that would be be the end of Levine at least. I mean, at that should be a trade piece, right? That should yeah. get you something back. And... But if I, if I have to make one guess, I know a lot of people have been saying uh, Denny, whatever his last name is, the Israeli guy. But I, I think Tyrese Halliburton, I think. Okay. I think he's a good fit in that you can work him in with White and Levine because he's another ball handler. So you've just got that gives you three guys that can move the ball. He's a spot up shooter. And I, a lot of stuff I've heard about the Bulls is we're trying to instill just a winning culture. And he's everything I've heard about Halliburton is like A plus intangibles. Like he's just the guy that people gravitate towards. So that's, that's who I'm betting on. So I'm hoping if Ball doesn't follow us, that's so fingers crossed. We'll see. And you're you want the USC guy, right? Yes, I do. I, or I or the it. kid from Auburn. I, uh, I mean, that's if you know there's not something crazy where either you know the right, Wise okay. or you know one of those guys falls, which Edwards, which I don't think is going to happen. What do you want to plug before we get out of here, Joe? Oh shoot, I, you know I don't really think I have anything. Plug to your plug Twitter page. Just, you don't do that. Uh, at Joe E Matz, so it's Joe and then an extra E and then M A T Z. Hopefully, now that politics is winding down a little bit, I know right now feed is basically just I'm retweeting a ton of political stuff. <laughs> so hopefully, there'll be a more of an even balance with sports, politics, and like movies and TV as we go on from here. Joe is—he never talks about, it, but Joe is an incredible writer. Uh, I love reading his reviews on TVs and movies. You have a website, right? You want to plug that? Um. I haven't posted anything in a bit. Yeah, but, but a great thing about TVs and movies, you can read a review <laughs> even after it's you know been up. That's true. You can also see my NFL preview from this year, in which I said the Dallas Cowboys would be the one seed in the NFC. So that's fun. That's all right. But uh, at JE Matts, or not at, it's a website, jematts.blogspot.com. So He's that'll, great, that'll great take writer. you to. Or whatever I've written over the last few years. Should definitely check it out. Seriously. I, I love reading his movie and TV reviews. Uh, for me, just plugging the IBN podcast feed. Always. Uh, we'll be doing a team turnbuckle. That's a wrestling podcast. We'll be doing a new episode Thursday, previewing survivor series. One of the four main pay-per-views each year. Okay. Uh, you know, me and Alan last week did the uh, masters preview, uh, we're going to try to start getting more into that, uh, the gambling podcast on a regular basis. Me and RC are going to do the uh, immediate re- reaction podcast again for the NFL playoffs this year, where after that last game, uh, probably starting week 17, we'll mis- uh, immediately talk about what happened that, uh, you know, that weekend, awesome. uh, preview any of the matchups, you know, what you need to know, what are we looking for, et cetera. 
and then me and Joe are probably going to do two podcasts next week with the three games on Thanksgiving. Uh, we're thinking about doing a podcast on Tuesday that'll just preview the three games. I know a lot of people, they'll have a lot of the, you know, the lineups for just the Thursday games or either, you know, the Thursday to say uh, Sunday. Uh, and then obviously we'll do another podcast for the weekend games uh, later in the week. If we do end up doing two or we may combine them, we'll, we'll let you know. But uh, for any new listeners, we appreciate it. And uh, for the guys that have been coming to us, I hope our picks continue to be good because outside of uh, really one bad week, two weeks ago, we continue to be consistent. I love the feedback from people saying that, you know, sending me screenshots, the money that they win uh, with our picks. It truly makes me happy. The people offering a cut, that's great. But honestly, <laughs> the satisfaction I want is just knowing our picks help you win money yeah. and just ask you to share it, you know, with your friends and stuff that are into fantasy football. But Joe, I enjoyed it. Good luck to your bulls, buddy. Yeah, likewise for you and the Hawks. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon, and we'll see you guys.